Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. So glad you stopped by. We hope that as you listen to today's sermon, the Holy Spirit through his word will refill you, recharge you, and equip you for the rest of your journey with him. Listen to today's sermon. Amen. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you for this morning. We thank you again for bringing us together to worship. We thank you for revealing yourself to us and binding us together by your word and by your love. Father, we commit the word into your hands. We pray that you will speak to us. We pray for the spirit of wisdom. We pray for understanding that you teach us in your own way, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. For the past few weeks, we have been discussing this prayer of Moses in Psalm 90, verse 12. Teach us to number our days that we apply our hearts to wisdom. Let's read some few scriptures. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. So we read, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Wisdom is the supreme thing, so get wisdom. Uh, wisdom is the most important thing. Right, man, what is your version saying? Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Amen. So wisdom is the principal thing, the most important thing. It means that all the things of life, the number one item we need in life is wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing, so get it. It means that in life, if we're looking for anything in life, we should target the number one item. When we get that, everything will follow. Wisdom is the number one thing, is the principal thing, so get wisdom. But in getting Wisdom. Make every effort also to get understanding. So when Moses prayed and says, teach us to number our days that we might apply our heart to wisdom, he knew what wisdom would have done for him. He knew the mistakes he had made for which, due to lack of wisdom, he had lost so much. We will see a few examples from Moses' life. But then the question that comes most most of the time when we think about wisdom, Bible says wisdom is the most important item or most important thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. The question that comes is, so what is wisdom? Because if wisdom is supreme, then it means that when we see a wise person, everything about a person must show that this is wisdom. We should be able to identify wisdom. But then sometimes we get confused between wisdom and cleverness. It's wisdom meaning being clever. It's wisdom the same as being intelligent. It's wisdom the same as being smart. There are many things that um, happens in life and sometimes we equate an experience, sometimes even experience. We say experience is the best teacher. So if somebody is very experienced, is that wisdom? Is that what the Bible is talking about? 
Let's read Job chapter 28. The whole chapter of Job 28 talks about the search for wisdom. Job 28. I'll read from verse 12. It says, where can wisdom be found? Where can wisdom be found? Where is understanding's home? Mankind doesn't appreciate their value. And you won't find it anywhere on earth. The deepest ocean says, it's not within me. And the sea says, you will never find it with me. You can't buy it with gold. And its value cannot be calculated in silver. It cannot be compared to gold from offer, with precious onyx or with cipher. It cannot be compared to gold and fine glass crystal. Nor can it be exchanged for gold-plated weaponry. Don't even bother to mention coral and crystal. Wisdom is more valuable than a bag of rubies. It can neither be compared with the topaz of Ethiopia, nor valued in comparison to pure gold. From where then does wisdom originate? Where does understanding live? It has been concealed from the sight of every living creature and hidden even from the birds in the skies. Abaddon and Death said, We did hear a rumor about it. God understands how to get there, He knows where they live. For He looks as far as the ends of the earth and sees everything under the sky. He imparted weight in the wind. He regulated water by his measurement. He set in place ordinances for the rain and determined the pathway for thunder that accompanies lightning. Then he looked at wisdom and fixed it in place. He established it and also examined it. He has commanded mankind to fear the Lord, that is wisdom. To move away from evil, that is understanding. Amen. Wisdom from the introduction looks like something difficult to find. Because the Bible says it's more precious than any gold, any um, precious stones, anything you can look for. It says that mankind is not aware of the value of wisdom. Because of that, we chase other things instead of wisdom. So where can we find wisdom? It has, the Bible tells us all the places that people can go to search for wisdom, and you cannot find it there. But God knows where wisdom is, and he knows where understanding lives. And he tells us in a simple way where to find wisdom. It says, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. If we are searching for wisdom, if we are studying and reading and doing everything to find wisdom, God tells us a very simple way 
to find wisdom. The fear of God, that is wisdom. To depart from evil is understanding. Amen. Maybe let me put it again in the context of Moses. Moses' own experience. I'll pick three points from Moses' life. The first experience Moses had about wisdom was when, at the age of 40, Moses decided, realizing that he's the Savior, he's the one God has anointed to save Israel. He thought to himself, God put me in the house of Pharaoh so that I will gain all the wisdom of Egypt because Egypt was the superpower. I mean, up till now, people are still struggling to understand how the pyramids were made, the calculations that went into the pyramid. The, the sun moves at a particular dimension over the pyramid. It is a calculation that mathematicians and scientists are still amazed at. Buildings that have existed over six, 4,000 years and still there, people can't get it. That was the wisdom of Egypt, very deep. They were controlling the whole world. And God took him from being a, um, an Israel boy placed him in the palace of Egypt, went to their best schools, got the best military training. When he got to the age where he knew that, I have to deliver Israel, I'm the deliverer, he decided to use all the skills, knowledge, and expertise to deliver Israel. He killed an Egyptian, believing that by so doing, the Israelites will realize that he is the savior. And that cost him 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. For 40 years, Moses had to run away and come to the point of believing he's nobody. Why? Because he decided to depend on the strength of the flesh, his personal skills and knowledge and ability to deliver. God does not believe in using manipulation and wrong means. To get results. Amen. So it, take, it took Moses 40 years to realize that wisdom. For 40 years, God sent him back to the same place to deliver the same people in a method that he just have to do what God says do. And that brought the results. When he used his wisdom, it did not work. Another lesson in Moses' life. When Moses had delivered the Israelites and they were in the wilderness, 40 days journey from Egypt to the promised land. They've gotten to the border of the promised land. They have traveled for about four, almost 40 days. Then he sent spies because he's a military expert from his experience from Egypt. So he sent spies to the promised land. Go spy the land and bring me reports. The spies brought the report. Yes, the land is as good as God promised us. The best land ever you can think of. This is a promised land, yes. But there are giants in the land. And looking at the giants and looking at us, we look like grasshoppers in the eyes of those giants. And therefore, if we go there, they will destroy us. Military intelligence is to spy on your opponent's strength and weakness and to strategize. Because of this military intelligence that Moses had, he sent the spies, they brought him information which fits into his military intelligence. The best solution was escape, don't try it. 
But what was God's word? God's word says, go, you are able to defeat them and take the land. Intelligence shows that what God is saying, only fools will do that. But God's word says, go, and that is what it is. It will be yours. It has to take 40 years of wandering in the desert, moving from place to place, going round the circles, the very promised land, this is the border, but they have to miss the land for 40 years. Just that decision of using military intelligence over God's word caused Moses 40 years of wandering. So already 40 years for using his skills and cleverness to try to deliver Israel kept him in the wilderness for 40 years. He has come back. God has brought him back to deliver the people. He was just about to enter the promised land. Using military intelligence against the word of God took him another 40 years to recover. Amen. This is where intelligence or cleverness, when it conflicts the word of God, we find ourselves in trouble. Where is wisdom? Does it mean that we don't need to be clever? No. God's words encourages us to be very clever. The Bible says that wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your times. We need knowledge. We need information. We need to strategize. We need to do things. But when all our wisdom, all our knowledge, all our understanding conflicts God's word, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 8, God knows the end from the beginning. So when intelligence tells you that it will happen this way, God's word, God knows better than that. And he is able to determine. There is this story about um, uh, a businessman who deals in oil, import and export of oil in the U.S. And he was a partner with some people. He was a Christian, but then the business partners were not. And because of his integrity, when they need any contract, he's the one who is sent to get the contract to lead in the discussions. When they succeed in getting the contract, then the other guys will use their cleverness to manipulate and make more money. He gets his share because he's a shareholder, a minority shareholder. And this has gone on for years. He's not comfortable with the way his colleagues have been operating because he believes in integrity. And so he's, been, he's worried about the way the business runs. So he's been thinking and praying, what should I do? One day God told him to separate from his friends. Now he's just about a 10% shareholder. It is because of his character. That is why they are keeping him and giving him opportunities. Then God tells him, take away your 10%, leave this business relationship, and start your own. That is crazy. It does not make sense. But then he prayed further to be sure. So he asked God, where do I start from? With this money or this shares? There's very little I can do. So God, God told him uh, a state where he should travel to and start the business. He filled his car, moved to that state, drove there. Along the way, he was at a place which was 
like a desert in the U.S. So he was traveling in that desert land on the main road. And then God told him, buy a field here and start your oil business here. Build a fuel station and tanks. And he said, now I know it is not God. It is the devil. Because this cannot be God. It does not make sense to go and, I mean, traveling that distance. It's like a few years ago when you are traveling from Kumasi, uh, Kumasi to Tamale. You travel for one hour and you meet one car on the road. The road was virtually deserted. And that was the road he was traveling on. Who will come and fill up or buy fuel here? It does not make sense. But then he went on, prayed further, and God told him, that is what I want you to do. So he said, well, let me put some investment there. If I lose, I know I have obeyed my vo the conscience, my conviction. But if I disobeyed, I may struggle with it. So he went in. He got the field very cheap. And then built a filling station. Then God told him, no, build big tanks. Who is coming to buy fuel in this deserted area where I need big fuel tanks here? Well, he still went ahead and did it. Started operating, and for weeks, nobody landed there once. People passed by and wondered who has a filling station here. Then suddenly, around that time, one Ayatollah Khomeini of Iran died. And there has been a war between Iran and Iraq for so many years. The war leader died. Iraq has so much weapons from um, um, America, US, and did not know what to do with it. So there was a small country, Kuwait. Saddam Hussein decided to attack Kuwait. Within one week, Saddam Hussein just ordered, go take over Kuwait and annex it to Iraq. The US and other countries tried to talk to Saddam. He refused to listen. And the option was U.S. had to attack Saddam. Saddam started boasting about his military skills and his desert warriors. So the only way America can win that war is to learn how to fight in the desert. The U.S. started searching for a place, a deserted place, where they can train as desert warriors. They found a place. But the problem was how do we fuel our tanks and airplanes in this deserted area? We cannot be carrying uh, fuel from all this distance to this place. It will cost us much. Then flying over, they noticed there was a fuel station. So they decided, well, let's get to this guy. Maybe he can supply us something to start with. They realized he has so much huge tanks. He can give them more than enough fuel. So then they have to get into contract with this guy to supply all their um, fuel they needed for the military training. Within that period of the Iraq war, the Gulf War, this man made so much money that after the war, he has to close down that desert um, place and start the business in town. Amen. The war took about three months or so, but he made so much money that he could never make in 20 years working with his partners. What am I talking about? I'm talking about human intelligence against the word of God. Here, human intelligence will tell you, this is stupid. You don't invest here. But when the word of God says, this is the way to go, that is wisdom. 
So Bible says that, what is wisdom? Bible says in Proverbs 28, 28, it says the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. The fear of the Lord. Sometimes God says we should do something. Yesterday we were discussing something about um, environmental protection. Bible says in a place in Deuteronomy that when the Israelites go to war against a nation, they must not cut down trees and destroy the trees. And the Bible stated specifically, because the trees are the life of men. In other words, the way they, the last tree dies, the last man dies. This is written in the Bible. It has been there from the days of Exodus. However, Christians, if you go to the villages in Ghana here, when the churches invaded the villages and started converting the people, we realized that, oh, most of the trees were being worshipped as idols. So to go against idolatry, we cut down all the trees. We destroyed the trees by the rivers and so on. We deserted the place. It is written in the Christian Bible that when the last tree dies, the last man dies. Yet, we disobeyed the simple instruction. And today now, we are spending so much money for reforestation. The very simple scriptures we disobeyed, we are spending far more to correct what went wrong. Many times we come into that situation of life where the circumstances, the environment contradicts God's word. As a Christian, you will be mocked and be looked at as a stupid person if you should obey God's word. But then, what is wisdom? The Bible says, the fear of God, that is wisdom. But the Bible did not end at wisdom. It says, get wisdom, because wisdom is the principal thing. The number one item is wisdom, so get it. But don't end with wisdom. Make every effort, one of the versions says, make every effort to get understanding. What is understanding? So let me use a simple way to understand, distinguish between wisdom and understanding. God says, go by this particular path. Everything shows that this path is not the best. So for Israel, when God delivered them from Egypt, he made them to go by the way of the Red Sea. Now, common sense shows that. How do you cross the sea? There's a shortcut by which you should go by land. Yet he told them to go by the sea. Wisdom is obey what God says. That is wisdom. It does not make sense, but you obey. But understanding is coming to the point of realizing why God said you should go it this way. Amen. So Bible says that Wisdom is the principal thing. Get wisdom. But with all you're getting, get understanding. In Proverbs 28, 28, it says that the fear of God, that is wisdom. Departing from evil is understanding. Amen. That means that with wisdom, even if we don't understand, even if we don't know why God says, go this way, we go that way. But we don't end there. We pursue, we go further to find out what is in the mind of God? Bible says we have the mind of Christ. When we pray, when we talk to God, when we read his word, 
it gets to the point where we see the mind of God. Why did God choose to let us go this way? And when we get to know the mind of God about the situation, now we don't need anybody to compel us again. Now it is not difficult to obey. I don't know where I'm communicating. So when wisdom tells you, go this way because that is what God's word says. Sometimes we struggle because we get to the point where we wonder, is this really what God is saying? God says this way, but is that really the way God wants us to go? So with wisdom, we may be struggling. That is why Bible says that we must get wisdom, but we must not end there. With wisdom, we must get understanding. So as a Christian, if you are obeying God's word, when you are asked why you are doing something, and you say, because that is what God's word says, that is wisdom. But you must go beyond just what God's word says to be able to let people know why God said so. That is understanding. And when we get understanding, we will not be forced to depart from evil. In the book of Jeremiah, there was a story about a group, Bible says that God told the prophet, go to them and tell them, God says you should drink alcohol. And the people says, no, we don't drink alcohol. In our family, we don't drink alcohol. And so, but God is saying you should drink it. I mean, there's nothing wrong whether you drink it or not. God is never against drinking alcohol. And said, yes, we know that God is not against drinking alcohol. But we have come to that point of our life where in our families and our generations, we don't take alcohol. They have gone beyond wisdom to understanding. Amen. They have gone beyond it is right or it is wrong because God says it. Two, what is the mind behind what God is saying? That is understanding. When a man has understanding, some of the temptations of life does not tempt him. Some of the things that tempt us and we struggle with daily. When we get to understanding, we cannot be moved by those things. Because what informs our decision to go a particular way is not because somebody is saying. It is not because of religion. It is not, maybe, let me say this. When I was growing up, my mom called me one day because after my big sister's engagement, I took, there was this snap that was used for the engagement. And the snap was perched in the corner in the house. For days, it was there. So my big brother went, took the bottle uh, top, took one small thought, and started misbehaving. And I wanted to prove to him that I can misbehave better than he does. So I went for two to show that, I mean, I can misbehave more. My brother was misbehaving, and we were laughing in the house, and nobody bothered. I went for two. I came in, and my mother was so angry that, I mean, everything disappeared straight. The spirit disappeared. Called me indoors and warned me. And I started wondering, Others are doing it, and you didn't talk. Why me? He said, you look very much like your father. 
all his characteristics you have, you must avoid alcohol. His biggest problem is alcohol. Don't touch alcohol in your life. Then it did not make sense. If I look like my father, he has his problems. I am different. I never attended the school he attended. My school is different. I was taught a different thing, so I will not be like him. Years later, I look at my family. I look at issues that had happened, and I thank God for the wisdom to obey when I did not understand. Today, I understand. I don't care which scripture you quote to prove to me that it is not wrong to drink, which is true. But beyond scripture, personally, alcohol is an abomination for me. This is not because the Bible says that I shall not drink. It is not written there. Because for me, alcohol will destroy me. Amen. So when the Bible talks about wisdom and understanding, understanding is going beyond just the instruction to find the brain behind that instruction. So the Bible says that seek wisdom because wisdom is the number one item. But beyond wisdom, get understanding. Amen. Let's read James chapter 3, verse 13 to 18. Now, the Bible says that in wisdom, there is a worldly wisdom. There is wisdom that people will hear you, this person is wise. But sometimes that wisdom is worldly. And there is godly wisdom. So not all wisdom is accepted to God. Or not all wisdom is what God expects us to have. So let's read from James chapter 3, verse 13 to 18. I read, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every th evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who made peace. Amen. So Bible is telling us how to recognize the wisdom from above. There are situations where, the other time I quoted in Proverbs, answer a fool according to his foolishness so that he must not think wise in his own eyes. That is Bible. The next verse says, don't answer a fool according to his foolishness. Otherwise, people will not notice the difference between the two of you. So when do you apply the first verse and when do you apply the second? Both are God's word. And that is wisdom. 
So sometimes when somebody is misbehaving, the person deserves a slap so that everybody will know that you have put the fool at his right place. Then everybody says, yes, wisdom has spoken. You have put the fool at his right place. There are times that is needed that people are rebuked or corrected or put at their place so that they know that this is wisdom at work. But there are other times when you respond to somebody's foolishness. There are some people, like, let me go a bit political. If you decide to make a, have an argument with Asiedunketia, if you are not careful, you disgrace yourself. Because he will not go the way politicians go by the issues. He knows how to solve the issues and trap you into his topic. You give him the topic about electricity, he will change it to water, and you will not be aware that you have moved from the discussion on electricity to water, and he can defeat you in water discussion. So he moves you from your topic, or the topic at stake, to his er arena, and you will lose. Such a person, in public, you don't go discussing something. You may end up disgracing yourself. So Bible says that there are situations where when you try to argue with some people, people will wonder, the two of you, who is correct? So wisdom calls for being able to tell what is the right thing to do. Both are the word of God. So the question comes, which one do you do at which one? Bible says that the wisdom that is from above is first pure, transparency. When the wisdom you are applying, maybe, for example, in, at the workplace, there are these connections and so on, and if you don't get involved, you say, ah, you are not wise. But wisdom is that. So if it is found out, will you be able to stand boldly and say, yes, I did it. Wisdom is transparent. It's pure. Bible says it is peaceful. The end result it wants to achieve is peace. Wisdom does not want to create fight and so on. Bible says the end result that wisdom wants to achieve is peace. Bible says that this wisdom is meek. Now, meekness is not the same as timidity. So, Bible says this wisdom is meek. Bible says that this wisdom hates hypocrisy. And this wisdom is not self-seeking. When you are trying to use wisdom to have your way, is it just because of your interests? Or are you looking at the interest of others? If it will if you were supposed to be on the other side, will you still insist that it must be done this way? If all your wisdom is being applied to benefit you without looking at the interest of others, the Bible says this wisdom, it is wisdom all right, but it is worldly, it is carnal, and it is demonic. There are many people who are Christians, especially pastors, Yesterday, we were discussing something about a pastor cursing his church members. And the basis is wrong. So there are many people, pastors who are manipulating church members, who are using demonic operations, which they think it is wisdom. But wisdom is not self-seeking. Wisdom is pure. It is meek. It is not boastful. It's focused, it's not hypocritical, and it is peaceful. Amen.
We hope this sermon blessed you. If it did, will you consider sharing it with a friend? And if you're in Accra looking for a spirit-filled community to worship with, why don't you join us at Mikado Plaza, the Bonnie Junction, Accra, on Sundays from 9 to 10.30 a.m. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Accra Church and visit our website, accrachurch.org, for more sermons. God bless you.